Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. That's a cross. He scores! This is the Preds official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. P.O.P. Predators official podcast. Welcome in to episode 88 of this program. So glad to have you along as always here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app and wherever you find this, your favorite podcast. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com, your favorite gingers back for another week. Thomas, this is typically a 48 to 49 minute show give or take, and it still will be this week, and I think we're going to be able to fill it. I think we have enough to talk about. I would say so. I mean, I was about to say the off-season, but this is the most exciting show of the off-season, <laughs> or the paused season. The pause season. Happy pause season, everybody. Happy pause season. Uh, happy, well, we're coming up to June in a, in a big old hurry. Yeah, it's basically June. It's basically summer. It's gorgeous out, and uh, we might be having some hockey this summer I we're usually this, we're usually talking about the draft at this point right i think on this episode we serve more as curators and analyzers and editors mm-hmm. than hosts there's so much information out there we've tried to get and condense it down to the best of what you need to know right now and as we've alluded to only to this point the biggest news of the pause season so we're into week 11 and I would say that, which is crazy to believe that to begin with. When you start actually like thinking of the numbers, I'm like, ah, 77 <laughs> days. You know, like I was just saying to you, like, I just opened our final bottle of Clorox Lysol wipes. So, Lysol Clorox wipes. I don't know, whichever it is. Like, this pandemic better be over soon. Because uh, we're out of Lysol wipes. <laughs> Day 77. They're coming back, I think. I got some at uh, Kroger a few weeks ago. Okay. So, we're we're good. You can, you can run out, but I'll replenish. That'll work. Uh, we've got Lysol wipes. We've got Perrier. We're ready to go. Um, so, I mean, this is, we have come into every week with, I would say, a decent amount of information at the very least to mm-hmm. report. The NHL has been really good about that, being pretty transparent throughout this entire process. However, we were hoping we might get this soon. This week, we got it. So the NHL has released their return to play plan. We will dive into it, what it entails, how the Predators factor into the plan. We're going to hear from Predators General Manager David Poyle. He had plenty to say on the topic and plenty of Twitter questions to get to as well. So here's the deal. You've probably heard this. Hopefully you've read some articles on Preds.com as well as to what all is coming down the pike as we uh, get into this return to play plan. But on Tuesday, the league did announce that plan highlighted by a modified competitive format in which 24 teams would return to play and vie for the Stanley Cup at two hub cities beginning later this summer. The plan also includes an outline for the return of NHL players to their club training facilities in Phase 2, which is coming soon, and then a formal training camp in Phase 3, as well as information about the 2020 draft lottery. Now, before we get too deep into this, I want to note that these plans, and and I think that we've been able to make this pretty clear, and I feel like this is pretty clear to most people, but just to make sure that we're being absolutely clear here, these plans are not a confirmation that there will be NHL hockey games this summer. This is simply an announcement to say, if we're going to do it, here's how we're going to do it. Yes, and it, is, the hope, it is how, not when. Yes, and so the hope is that we, yes, we would be able to continue into phase two, phase three, phase four as we go along. Everything is mapped out. It's great to have a plan to be able to do this. Don't get too excited, but still get excited. It seems as though the sense from the Players Association and the league and then all these parties, the return to play um, committee, for example, came to the point that we've, gotten to the point in the world in the calendar year even that it's time to decide how like it seems at least there's a better chance of it happening than there has ever been before but even if not um, it looks like the CDC and other health experts are even recommending to the league that now ish and that's an asterisk to the next two or three months would actually potentially be a better time to try and resume than waiting all the way until 
when the season traditionally starts mm -hmm. in October, in November, for example. And again, I'm not going to put on my doctor cap here, but because of the threat of the second wave, because, you know, other things could change and the cold weather returning and all that. So I think from what I've heard, the biggest crowd against this new plan are those who believe, why are we even trying this? We should just start fresh with next season. And I think my counter to them would be, what do you think is really going to change? Uh, it, you know, like it's not as if something radical is likely to happen before October, yep. for example. Yep. And, and even with this plan, um, and some of this has been rumored, so we do know officially that training camp will not start before July the 1st. Uh, now, there subsequently were reports to say probably not even before July the 10th. The commissioner, um, Gary Bettman, on Tuesday and then some on Wednesday was pretty clear about first half of July was kind of his time frame. Um, so if you go with that logic, then training camp itself is two or three weeks, for example. And then, and we'll touch on this more in a moment, but the whole playoffs are still intact. And it's kind of hard to remember, but the whole playoffs, and by that I mean 16 teams, likely best of seven series for all the rounds, with an asterisk there as well, I guess. <laughs> but that takes two and a half months. Yeah. So this season could very likely be played all the way until October. Happy in, Halloween. In, into October. Right. That's You said that to me the other day. <laughs> so, yes. So the playoff field has not changed. What has changed is the way to wrap up the regular season, in a sense, and determine who gets to go into the official Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes. So, as we all know, the Predators played 69 games this season. I think the most that another team had played would be 73, even at least 72. It was all over the map. And a lot of the other proposals, again, these are reports primarily from Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, friend of show. Um, he was saying that the Hurricanes, for example, are one of two teams, them and the Tampa Bay Lightning, voted against this plan um, when the player representatives were to show. So the 31 players who represent then the rest of their teams. And he was saying not to say that this was as close to unanimous as it might seem, but just that they in particular felt like the way the season was wrapping up maybe wasn't ideal. But even then, their supposed reports on how to wrap it up, which was like waiting, okay, we're ahead of this team, so like our points percentage is better than them, so they can only gain so far. It was just as convoluted, maybe even more so. Yeah. And so the league said, no, we're going to establish the qualifying round. And the qualifying round will pit – these teams up against eventually the other ones which have already qualified in each of the conferences, which are four of each. So eight teams are already in. They are in the playoffs. They have locked their spots. Um, and then the Predators, for example, will be in the qualifying round, and then they will go in to play one of those four teams in the West in, again, officially the first round of the playoffs, just like always. So in a sense, the Predators would have been about the first wild card ish team if the season had been played out. That's what they then will be trying to officially claim with this qualifying round to then go in and play your normal matchup. So you're still in the first round of the playoffs playing either a division winner or someone very high up in the standings. You know, one of the top four teams in the West, you're still going to have to have an upset in, in that sense. Um, and then, again, I just I, I don't see how you have a huge issue with this. Like You had to do something, and at this point, it is a best-of-five series between certain teams to determine who gets in. Yes, I understand the complaint and the fear of, oh, you know, Chicago, there's no way they were going to make it. Montreal, there's no way that they were going to make it. You had to do something because you can't say for sure. I mean, 13 games left in the season for the Preds, that's a lot of games. Mm -hmm. That's a lot that could have changed. So you can't necessarily say in their example, well, they definitely were in or they definitely were out. So, hey, I, I just, I, I've caught even already. Um, someone on Twitter was like, Montreal in three. I was like, wow, that's just that's a weird thing to say. You're not used to the best of five series. But, again, I, I think it makes sense, and we'll play some of these comments in a moment. But the Predators' own general manager, David Poyle, said, in a very imperfect world and situation, this plan's just about as good as it could be. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think people started to realize that. We kind of heard from Austin Watson and, and Ryan Johansson last week saying that we, we're realizing that it's nothing's going to be perfect right now, right? Life isn't perfect right now. And so nothing that no plan was going to appease every single player on every single team or every single general manager, depending on what side you're on. But as you said, and as we'll hear David Poyle say in a bit here, 
nothing was going to be perfect, but this is pretty darn good, all things considered. So the league is still in phase one. There's four phases, much like there are in many cities around the country, just like there there is here in Nashville. Now, in real life, we're in phase two in the city of Nashville. The league is hoping to go into phase two as well, perhaps as early as next week. We don't have official word on that, but early June is the word that teams would be permitted to return to their home facilities for small group voluntary on and off ice training. And by small group, it's like six people. Six people, six players on the ice at one time, six or less. Voluntary workout phase two, like advance a little bit from working out in your home garage to getting back on the ice, but still super cautious, super small. You're not running plays. You're not practicing as a team. Your coach isn't there, for example. Phase three, training camp about as close to a training camp as we've seen in the past like you would traditionally get in september and then phase four hockey exactly so 24 teams in two hub cities as thomas said the qualifying round and then the normal or or as close to normal as we can get playoff format that we're used to so there's about 10 hub cities that the league is strongly considering they listed that out on Tuesday, uh, earlier in the week when they announced all of these plans. Nashville is not one of those, but each conference would be assigned a hub city with secure hotels, arena, practice facilities, transportation, that sort of thing. The timing, the sites have not been determined yet. That would, again, all be determined at a future date, depending on COVID-19 conditions, testing ability, government regulations, that sort of thing. They've said all along they're not going to go into a city that was a hot spot. They want a city who not only has a good setup as far as rinks and locker rooms and facilities and that sort of thing, but also a place that can house up to 12 teams Mm -hmm. and has not been hit as hard by some of these conditions in the pandemic. And the Predators, as you said, would play – the Arizona Coyotes in this qualifying round, a best of five series is what it would end up being. The league is hopeful to have games toward the end of July or early August. If everything goes well and according to plan on the timeline that they would hope to stick to, again, no set firm date for that, but that is what they are saying as far as being hopeful that, hey, maybe if all goes well in these next two months, we could be enacting this plan and and getting the puck dropped by early August. A couple things on the hub cities. Looks like they're going to wait. Bettman was saying he doesn't think he has to make that decision until two, three, four weeks from now. So Mm -hmm. I think they're going to use about their whole time uh, limit on that. So don't expect an answer on that in the immediate future. Another factor is that Canada, as of this recording, has a policy on their borders and 14 days and quarantine and all of that. So even though there were some Canadian cities that applied to be hub cities, like that probably can't happen just because of how difficult it would be to get players there um, and staff and all of that. To that end, there's even been some um, Canadian teams, for example, the Canucks, who have thought maybe they'll even have their training camp in the United States to make Mm -hmm. it easier for people um, to get there. The second piece, or third piece, well, I can't even count today. That's worrisome. Anyways, the third. <laughs> episode 88. Episode 88. The third thing that Batman also said that stuck out to me was that not necessarily does it mean that, okay, an Eastern Conference city, east of the Mississippi, will be the Eastern Conference host. Because, again, yeah. like even climate's a factor. Even the, the cases are a factor. And it looks like the NHL really doesn't want a team to play in its home city, in the hub city, just because of whatever advantage that could potentially um, pose, whether real or false. So the Vegas Golden Knights owner, um, Bill Foley, for example, was saying that he wants to be a hub city, but then also kind of doesn't because he knows the Golden Knights would have to go elsewhere. So even though Las Vegas is one of the most popular rumors as one of the two hub cities, well, that'd be interesting. So like in that context, Nashville would not be going to Vegas because Vegas couldn't be in Vegas and the Western Conference Mm -hmm. teams have to be together. Um, And then I I don't think anyone's missed this, but I guess to further illustrate this, the hub cities, again, are to keep that protective bubble and to keep the health going so that, again, all the staff that traditionally aren't there aren't going to be there. Broadcasters, like, they probably aren't going to be there. Like, it's going to look very different. The fans will not be there because, again, they're trying to just play out these games, and it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be absolutely crazy entertainment i know that you don't get to be there as a fan but we are legitimately talking about hockey games i'm making this up but 
10 a.m., then like 1 p.m., then like 4 p.m., then like 8 p.m. Like, I mean, all day, like all day, like it's, every day. It's essentially, dun, 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 I, dun, yeah. dun, it's March Mad. I mean, it's uh, yeah. if that's what it ends up being, yeah. which would be amazing, because how great is March Mad is we were deprived of that this year. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, so even like, and for, for our couple English listeners here, the Premier League is the biggest league that has officially said, I believe June 17th is the day. They're they're back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have done – the Europe, of course, started this all sooner, so they're a few weeks ahead of the United oh, the States. Europe. The Europe. <laughs> the Europeans. Um, so, for example, the Premier League has done their phase version of Phase 1, then Phase 2. So they just went into Phase 2, which is contact training because they've done – their phase one was the NHL's phase two. Now we're now we're really <laughs> do you have your this, phases in line? Now we're really putting people to sleep. Well, but, but anyways, I, I bring that up point to say so that's a huge league. Yes, it's outdoors, so that's different. But like they're going forward, like they're close. I think that's super encouraging. And this is their example of how they would wrap up their season. On Saturday there'd be games at twelve, two, four, six, eight. On Sunday twelve, two, four, six, eight. Tuesday six and eight. Wednesday six and eight. I mean, bring it's it just, on, just all the time. Yeah, all the time. And that's how hockey's going to have to be as well. I'm for it. Uh, you you touched on the fans, and there were a couple more items I wanted to mention before we get out of this segment. So Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said, players, coaches, and other team personnel will continue to be tested for COVID-19 throughout the progression of phases, and those tests would be conducted every night during phase four. So that's the resumption of games. Yeah. Daly also stated that if a single player were to test positive once games could potentially resume, he does not envision the playoffs coming to a halt. Now, if more than one player uh, were to be tested positive, that would be an issue. Perhaps plans would be reevaluated at that point. But what the medical personnel are telling them is that if one, because that's a huge question, what mm-hmm. if someone tests sure. positive? Sure. Is, is all of this all for naught if one player tests positive? That does not sound like the case right now. So if we get to that point, that'll certainly be a hot topic. Also, the NHL does not anticipate having fans attend games in the return-to-play plan, with Commissioner Bettman adding that things would have to change dramatically for those views to be reconsidered. As for the 2020-21 season, the commissioner says he believes the season will be played in its entirety no matter when it starts. The focus is on completing games this summer while realizing next season could begin as late as December or January if necessary. The commissioner, he's also hopeful that fans would be able to attend games next season, but those factors, again, would be determined by the virus and advice from medical authorities as well as government entities. And one more thing worth noting from Tuesday's announcement, the regular season's done. It's officially, it had been on pause, and and on our website, for example, the calendar still included the remaining games for the Predators. When that announcement was made, there's nothing on the calendar right now. So the regular season has officially ended. Roman Yossi finishes as the leading scorer with 65 points. Philip Forsberg with 21 goals. And, of course, Pecorine scored his first career goal. Yeah. So 2019-20, at least the regular season as we know it, has come to a conclusion. All we have to look forward to now is some postseason play eventually. Hopefully, yeah. maybe. Po- po- this, probably. This first segment needs to come to a conclusion as well. We've gotten too excited. So let's carry <laughs> some of this over uh, into the second segment. We'll dive even a little bit deeper into the NHL's return-to-play plan, which, as Brooks mentioned, could mean real hockey back even as soon as late July. Predators official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brooks Bratton... Thomas Willis and Kygo joining you as we return here on the program. New album out from Kygo. That's Ryan Tedder and One Republic. There's a lot of bangers on the album, as the kids would say. Do the kids still say that, Max? You're young and hip. They still say bangers. There's a lot of bangers. Uh, So if you're interested in some summer hits... Kygo's new album is for you that's entitled You really Golden. sounded like a radio host there. It's entitled Golden yes, Hour. Hits. Well, we're hosts. Well, Even sure. though you said we weren't hosts on this episode. Not on this segment. episode, we're not. We what do you, just... ca- catch it? You enjoy it? You're going to go home and download it? Well, I don't need to download. I have Apple Music, but I'll, I'll listen, yes. I, too, have Apple Music. Right. Okay. We're just streaming away. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, we got so excited we went 18 minutes in the first segment, but we continue on the same topic, of course, with a Predator's focus in mind. So I, I think we've covered the return to play plan 
pretty well, and I think we want to dive into the pat on the back. Well, well done, done, selves. Um, yes, as we mentioned, GM David Poyle spoke on the plan. I guess Wednesday, a day after it was revealed. Um, and again, like a, a lot of comments and, and details are just going to continue to come out, reports and all of that. But at least one of the big hurdles is done. I mean, there was a lot of debate and maybe even some contentious moments um, as this plan was formatted. But now that it is, again, a big one. And now we're that much closer um, to determining. Of course, like you said, the regular season is over. So that was part of the ruling as well. So seven teams are done. I mean, they, they will not return all three of the California teams, for example, uh, in the Western Conference are out, and then um, some of the other Eastern Conference teams as well, including former National Predator P.K. Subban and the New Jersey Devils. So um, they are done. They await the 2020-21 season, which, as you mentioned, could be in December or January. And then we now, again, under this plan, will shift everything back. So that means the draft, for example, we thought we'd get an update on that. That will be after the season now, whether that's October or November. We'll see free agency as well. So if you're going to be a UFA on July 1, that's not happening anymore either, of course. That will get pushed back as well. Like We will just compact everything. We'll conclude this 1920 season in this new format. Again, if everything goes well, then we move on to the next season afterwards. So I was joking with you. My birthday's in July. I was like, am I about to have a <laughs> hockey game on my birthday for the first and only time in my life? Probably yeah. not. But every, every, I mean, everything's changing. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the draft. They they talked about the draft lottery, too. We could spend a whole show talking about that. There's yeah. so many hypotheticals. But the Predators wouldn't even be involved in the first one if there does need to be a second one. So really don't have to worry about that right now. But uh, you can go read all of that if you want to yeah. on the Internet. Uh, anywho, so David Poyle, as we said, touched on a number of different areas of the plan. But he covered a lot of ground as the press conference began. And here are his opening remarks as we look to get back to playing hockey soon. Hi, everybody. Uh, it was kind of a, for, for us, uh, I hope for you, it was a pretty exciting day yesterday to hear uh, Gary Bettman uh, unfold a uh, little bit of a, a plan, if, if you will. I, I just know, uh, I'm sure it's in your way of life too, but for hockey guys, I mean, we live and die by a schedule and an itinerary. And this whole thing has been so frustrating, not knowing uh, what to do on a day-to-day basis, if you will. And uh, although it's still in the, there's a lot of work to be done in the infancy stage or what have you, there is a little bit of a roadmap that uh, Gary outlined yesterday and in conjunction with all the work that they've done with the NHL uh, PA. So first of all, the, uh, the 24 uh, team format, uh, again, discussed for a long, long time, uh, obviously with Gary and the, and the PA and uh, with the, I guess five, they have five players in particular that have been, uh, uh, in almost uh, every every meeting, and I, I believe they went over very, a lot of different formats. And as you know, you heard, I heard. Maybe we could finish out the regular season. Maybe we should have all 31 teams involved. At the end of the day, I think this is uh, uh, a good of format as anybody could come up up with. I had heard a little bit about this as GMs. We we got to weigh in a little bit on you know things that we we thought made sense and. Uh, Although it's not perfect, and I don't think you're going to find anything perfect into this situation, I'm very pleased with the, uh, the the format. It seems fair. It seems fair to the top teams, top four teams, in essence, get a bye. They they play a play in or a round robin just for for seeding, and for teams like ourselves that were in the playoffs or on the bubble, just outside the playoffs, like Arizona, uh, we get to play a a playoff uh, series of either three to five games, or I guess it's undecided four, four out of seven games to see whether uh, we qualify for the first round of the playoffs. So all in all, I think it's, it's, it's fair. I think it's a, a great starting point and uh, really happy with that uh, format. Uh, on other things, just uh, th- that I heard uh, yeah, yesterday from, from Gary in his presentation is that we're getting close to being able to open up our facilities. There's not an exact date for that, but I could see that happening as soon as maybe next next week. Uh, you have to understand there's a lot of work that still goes uh, into opening up our facility, first and foremost, for the safety and health of our players, our staff, everyone concerned. So there's a lot of details to be taken care of in, in that area. Uh, I think uh, under this uh, timetable, uh, Gary has given us a long runway to get it right. Again, probably 
talking back to safety and health to make sure that in this period of June, if we do get our facilities open, that uh, we can make sure everything goes well, players can get back into shape and we can get ready for training camp. Uh, he did not give an exact date for training camp, but said it would be in the first half of July. So that means between July 1st and July 15th. So you know, players have a really good chance to get back in shape, especially if they get back on the ice uh, here here soon. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, I know, again, for probably the third time I'm saying it, I know there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, I don't think we're going to do anything until we have uh, much more certainty on the, the health and safety of everyone in, involved. But to me, I want to be positive, and uh, I think we got a chance to to play this out, and I think we got a chance to have a Stanley Cup champion this year. So David Poyle's a glass-half-full kind of general manager. Mm-hmm. He said, I get it. There's a lot of work that needs to happen for this to go into effect, but I prefer to look at the positive. I think we do, too. We're pretty positive people. But David said this has been like a roller coaster for the last two and a half months, and, and to finally have some sort of roadmap yeah, right. is a very good thing. And as much as we've said that it's how, not when, there still has been a decent look at, at win in potential, at least, right? I mean, there, with all these phases, those were continuing to be outlined. And yes, thing, I'm sure things will shift and move and it won't be exactly. But still to know, okay, we want to do training camp in the first half of July. We want to be playing games at the end of July, the start of August. Like, that's good to know. I and mean, we didn't know any of that. And that's why it was so difficult at times to talk during the show, during the pause to the season, because it was like, I don't know what's coming up. Um, so at least there are some dates. Like at least you'd be able to know we're ahead, we're behind, or things are tracking. And one other clarifying point um, David went on to make in that press conference was that, again, the voluntary workout, so phase two, truly is that. So he said he thinks about 11 of the Preds players are still in Nashville. More stayed originally, but as this expanded, a lot of them went to their summer homes or you know the countries where they're from. So that remains because, again, the voluntary piece of it is that it is a small group anyway. So it's not as if all 25-ish Preds players are all of a sudden going to send on Nashville next week. Um, And to that end, um, Matt Duchesne said recently in a radio interview that he's back in Canada and he's going to stay there because he Mm -hmm. feels like he's got the good stuff to work out with. I would imagine a lot of the Preds Swedes, for example, will be the same way. But then when training camp hits, and we'll touch on this more in our next segment on the roster makeup, but then everyone is back, and then it will be, okay, let's progress from there. Let, let's play games. So, yeah, I, I I honestly, like, I just don't see that this plan favors one team way more than another or it's, you know, some ridiculous. I mean, again, you, you had to make something up. You had to have it be different than you've ever had before because you had a dozen or so regular season games, and you had to determine who was going to make the postseason. So one other thing that's been talked about that we didn't touch on in the first segment is rounds one and two, there's still a potential that those could go to a best of five as well. That has vote has not occurred yet, based again back on this timeline. So if we are running out of runway, it may be like, hey, we need two more weeks, and in order to get those two weeks, we're going to reduce rounds one and two. But Bettman was very adamant that the Western, well, I should say just conference finals and then the cup final will be best of seven. Um, so, as they should be. Uh, as they should be. But but again, it, it still looks like most likely it, it's all going to be very much like it always was. Sure. La, yeah, let's get this in real quick too. So Poyle was asked about the prospect also facing the Arizona Coyotes and what it could mean for the Preds here in this qualifying round. Here's what he had to say on that topic. It's going to be like uh, nothing we've done before. I mean, let's – Call like it is. I mean, there's going to be some teams that are going to disappoint because uh, they lost their momentum. Uh, uh, there could be injuries in you know in the training camp period of time uh, if if we rush too fast to get these guys you know up to up to speed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just you know I've been thinking about that in the last 24 hours, and I believe it was the first or second week of the season we played uh, Arizona in Arizona, so we haven't seen them. There hasn't been a whole lot of reason to follow them. Uh, it closely uh, when we last played and we were fighting for our lives to make the playoffs, they're fighting for their lives to make the playoffs. It was under no scenario that I had ever thought that we'd be playing, you know, Arizona in a, in a playoff series, but here, here we go. So uh, I, I also think it's a, it's a great opportunity. Uh, uh, I, there's such a thing as a silver lining in all of this, at least for our organization is that 
you know, you get to reset. I mean, we've had a, a, a good year, but not a great year. We've had some good individual performances, but we've had some guys that have had what I would call down years. Can this pause help them in that situation in terms of uh, their, you know, playing a little bit differently, uh, maybe being a little bit more effective? I can tell you from a, a relation standpoint that uh, our coaches uh, with, with the coaching change and John Hines, kind of getting here on the fly. He's had lots of opportunities to meet with our coaches to talk about our team and how we want to play. And he's had lots of meetings with our individual players like we're, we're having right now on, on Zoom and uh, talking about their game and, and expectations. So I am cautiously optimistic that uh, this could be really good for the Predators. And I think we as sports journalists, all those across North America as well, we're so excited to be able to talk about all this. I've already read two or three previews for these qualifying round <laughs> series. And it's just like, you just have no idea. And that's kind yeah. of Poyle's point as well. Like, is this good for us? Is it bad for us? Does it mean that guys that are having bad seasons will then be good? Does it mean we've lost our momentum? Who knows? And I'm sure you and I will be debating that over the next two or three months as well. But it is so funny to see all these uh, the hot takes are they came back quickly right on, on, on all this different perspective and I guess I, I'd leave you with this thought as I've watched more hockey over the years I, I think when I was younger my thought was okay 16 teams make the playoffs but can only really five win the cup or you know about like a lower number like aren't the real favorites the ones that are probably going to win and then the Predators are a prime example in 2017 oh wow no the last team to even make it goes to the Stanley Cup final and then I've expanded it to think sometimes I'm like, I kind of think 20 NHL teams, if the things fell right, could win the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup in any given year. Oh, is it, well, and, and so now we're going to find out. Now yeah. we've truly got 24 possible options who yeah. will be competing for the Stanley Cup. Truly, could a Chicago or a Montreal who should not even made the playoffs, could they win it all? Sure. Sure. I mean, sit there and give me a reason why any of the 24 teams don't have a chance. I know. I know. Nobody has a chance. And it's, we'll, it's hockey. I know. And we'll dive into Nashville, Arizona more in the next segment. But but again, like that's another thing that you learn. Like you can't pick your opponent. You can't be like, oh, you know, oh, well, we'd rather play them or that. And that's Poyle's point as well. Like this shouldn't have happened in a normal scenario. We should have been a wild card team. We should have been playing a division winner. We'll try to upset them, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've got to play another desperate team to then also be desperate, and it's going to be crazy. So this show will continue to be crazy when we return to you (laughs) in the third segment of the Bread's Official Podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Predators official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. is streaming right now on the Game Nashville app. For more about the show, to give us a rating, maybe even to subscribe, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. For Max, our producer, bringing down the music, I'm Thomas Brooks, six feet apart and all the way across the studio from me. Max, who went and found a live version of Edge of 17. You know, well, just above done. and beyond for episode three. That's that's in my head because I uh, recently watched School of Rock for the first time. Oh, that's a fun movie. Yeah, it's a, it was a great movie. It's one Little, of my... Uh, Haley Steinfeld, I think, yeah. right? When she's like yeah. eight years old or well, something. I recognize the name Miranda Cosgrove. She was in there too. Sure. She did a little thing. But yeah, it was oh, great. Jack Black, Joan Cusa. Yeah, it's my... Uh, one of my girlfriend's favorite movies, so we uh, we watched it. And you watched a movie, had a great time. I She's watched a movie. Truly had an impact on your it life already. It doesn't happen often. Fun so fact, listeners: Brooks has seen four movies in his entire life, <laughs> and now five. And now five. All right. Um, I don't think we need to dive in too much into Coyotes Preds yet. We'll have plenty of time to do that. We'll have plenty of time to do we that. We got two months to do that. <laughs> if you didn't care, I mean, you heard Poyle mentioning it um, briefly. If you didn't care enough to look it up. So the Preds did play the Coyotes in October, lost 5-2, to two, and then they played them at home in December and won 3-2. to two. They would have played one more time, I think at the end of March. Mm-hmm. That game, of course, did not occur. So yeah. no yeah, games. My, my parents were going to meet me out in Phoenix for that Amongst one. the cacti. Love the um, cacti. And so to that end, no games under head coach John Hines between the Preds and the Coyotes. So that'll be a little bit interesting. And Again, it's a six versus 11 matchup. So Nashville's the favorite in air quotes there. But again, best out of three, that's just not yeah. much. I mean, uh, you, you think winning game one in a best of seven series, for example, is important? Well, of course, only that much more so in a best of five. I'm sure much will be made that Hines 
was Taylor Hall's coach during his MVP season when both of them were in New Jersey. But it'll be interesting to see. And Arizona, of that qualifying round, maybe one of the better defenses, definitely better one of clogging the neutral zone, keeping low scoring, and especially when you play that kind of way in, you know, I'll call it postseason hockey, at least if it's not the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It, it can get that much tighter, that much more interesting when you're in a series. So, yeah, should be should be very interesting to see. So with this return to play plan, we had so many hypotheticals put to rest. Yeah. But then with it, <laughs> a whole new set of hypotheticals is coming to play. So this is kind of fun, actually. So uh, Joe Rexford from The Athletic asked David Poyle on the conference call, have you thought about what it – and I've thought about it. You've probably thought about it. David said he has too. Have you thought about, like – what happens when the team wins the Stanley Cup and you can't have a parade? Yeah. Or what happens when you win it in an empty building? All these things in David City, I have thought about that. Here's here's what he had to say. So he touched on that, and then David in turn brought up some things that we hadn't even considered yet. Yeah, I have thought of it, and uh, I mean, you got to have a parade. I mean, we got to find a way of virtual parade. You got to do something like that. But I, I, I it's going to be so different. I, as I say, I've thought about this. I mean. I mean, hockey players, I mean, I think they're they're friendly with each other, but when you're playing against each other, you don't talk very much to each other. You, you know, guys that know each other, they might say hello after the game. You would never talk to a player, you know, before a game. And, uh, you know, it's a physical game. And obviously you're playing in a playoff series and, you know, okay, you're really going to dislike the, the other team and their individuals as, as the games go along and the contests get more more heated. So the fact that we could all be in the same hotel, um, you know, you, you'd be thinking like we're, uh, we go to this mezzanine floor. This is where the predator's meal room is. And right beside you, you could have Arizona. I mean, I don't know how that, I don't know how that works. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I mean, and again, it's just, you know, coaches or managers, you know, interacting all, all the time. It's, it's totally, totally uh, different. And I, I, I've thought about the, like what happens when a goal is scored? Like, how, how, how much do you react or on your bench and what's in the other bench is looking at you or, you know, where, where does the camera, you know, pan to, uh, to just, you know, usually show the fans or something like that. It's just, it's totally different. I mean, I, we're going to have to experience it to, to see what it's going to be like, Joe. I, I, again, I, I, I want to play and this is the way we have to play it. So we're going to find out. And uh, I guarantee you, whatever I'm thinking today, It'll be totally different. It'll be something that I never thought of or didn't imagine how it would be. And But uh, I'd love to play in it. I'd love to play in it for a long time to see exactly what it is so that you and I can have a conversation after and we can, I can tell you exactly how it was. So David Poyle has brought up the potential for a meal room brawl. Wow. Out. <laughs> Man, you no, thought... No, that's not what he's saying. But, it, but I mean, to think of it like you that... You thought David Poyle reactions during the 2017 playoffs were phenomenal. <laughs> it is going to be solely players and officials and coaching staff around the ice. And then after every goal, we're just going to see a reaction shot of David and Brian Poyle, maybe Jeff Kelty. I mean, I think, like you said, do you high five? Brandon Walker, I, I hopefully. Mean, I mean, it's just going to be a hoot and a holler. Well, but I mean, to think about it, yeah, though, like I hadn't absolutely. thought about that. Yeah. yeah. But it, I mean, hey, if I, you're in a hotly contested series, if you're in this opening round series, sure. Preds and Coyotes in the same hotel, you're tied 4-4 going into game five, and you're all walking past each other in the hotel. Yeah. That has never happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, it's yeah. fascinating to think about be, these things. It should things. be interesting. Yeah. Listen. If the Predators win the Stanley Cup, I think all of us will wait 10 years to have the parade if that's what it is. <laughs> there what would it be takes. a parade eventually on yeah, Broadway. For sure. Uh, some other things that were brought up from an injury standpoint, this is great news. David Poyle said every Predators player is 100% healthy and mm -hmm. ready to play. That's something we've talked about for weeks is how this time is allowing anyone that had bumps and bruises. Yeah. And every, more, every other team's probably healthy too. Every other team, yes. And yeah. so really, I think Dan Hamhuis is probably the only uh -huh. Preds player that was even kind of day-to-day -day well, leading into it. to me, and we don't know that this is enough, but personally, I don't feel like Victor Arvison was ever quite the same since he was mm -hmm. injured playing the Blues, I guess, way back in November. I mean, he had a statistically down year. Victor Arvison's basically scored 30 goals every full season he's had in the NHL, and he only has 15 uh, for the 19-20 regular season. He didn't seem quite the same. Is he better? Is he changed? Maybe. I mean, again, even small things like that. Ryan Johansson, not injured, but very critical of his own play. Does he look better? Has he changed? I mean, we'll see. So, yeah, I, uh, to Poyle's point, though, will 
any team even get to the qualifying round fully healthy? Maybe not, because mm-hmm. once you do the training camp and once you do all this, like the bumps and the bruises already start to pile up, and then all of a sudden, game one's going to happen, and bodies are going to be going by the wayside with all the injuries <laughs> because of how intense it's going to be. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be super interesting. I guess one other point on that, the teams that are already in, that has not been officially decided, but it looks like they will play each other to potentially determine the seeds that they officially get in the first round of the playoffs. They'll be doing like almost exhibition-like games so that they'll be in tune as well. So it won't be as if only the qualifying round gets to take place and then you blitz over the Boston Bruins, for example, because they haven't played in five months. Um, But yeah, that's still in, in debate as well. The final piece that we'll touch on is Poyle also said they've been told a roster of 28 players with unlimited goalies. <laughs> you want to play goalie for the Nashville Predators? So fun to hear. Unlimited goalies. Because of truly, back to the Stra- David Ayer situation we saw earlier this season. Yeah. Because teams are even more attentive to, well, what if my what if both my goalies get hurt? Mm. So I, I think by all means, in the playoffs, you'll almost always see a team have three goalies when they can, like they'll bring up a minor goalie. I bet you see a lot of teams at least have four goalies under this scenario. So we got a lot of questions about that, but it certainly looks like, again, the NHL is the only season that is intending to resume their regular season. So the AHL is done, the KHL is done, the OHL. I mean, all those are out. So how much do we see of those players join the Preds? Do they just practice with them, skate with them, go to training camp? Do they go to the Hub City? All that's out there. And Poyle said... It's already being discussed between he and his management, Scott Nickel, for example, the Admiral's GM. Yes. So, and to clarify on this, too, I had a couple people bring this up. They said, "What? Yakov Trenton, come on up. Jared Tenorti, those guys. They So they're already on the roster. Nashville's yeah. roster yeah. has not changed. So yeah. to clarify, a couple people had asked, do they need to recall them? They do not. Yakov Trenton, Colin Blackwell, Jared Tenorti, guys like that, they are already on the roster. They would not be one of the ones who would need to be called up. So David Poyle saying we can call up six guys, up to six guys from Milwaukee if we want. You'd have to think Ellie Tolvanen, yep. Daniel Carr, yep. Rem Pitlick, yep. Anthony Richard, maybe Alexander Carrier. There's five right there. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that's five. Tommy I mean, Novak. They more. were they were pretty happy with him. Yeah, yeah. And then again, the Connor Ingram, the Troy Grosnick do Connor not Ingram and Troy Grosnick, do yes. not count. Of course, the back to the unlimited goalie play. And, and again, like I've seen so many people have said, Philip Thomasino, Philip Thomasino, Philip Thomasino. Again, one more reminder that OHL. So here's well, so here's a caveat to that. Okay. I just mentioned Tommy Novak. They couldn't recall Tommy Novak because he's not. His on, new deal doesn't start. His new deal doesn't next start season. exactly. So that was something else that they had mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Is that you cannot sign a player Correct. right now and have them play for you. For you to the next All day you can do is sign mm-hmm. into next season. So scratch that. Sorry, Tommy Novak. <laughs> Sorry, but. But Certainly still, some other options yeah. that could join the Predators for sure. Yeah, we've run into this even with the NHL 20 simulation games. A lot of people have forgotten that Jakob Trinan was in the Predators lineup when the season went on pause. He was on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jared Tenorti and Corbinian Holzer were making up the third pairing as well. So not only do they not need to be recalled, they were on the and NHL roster. Tenorti and Ekholm were great together for a while there, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think Philip Tomasino, like, I just, I no. Like, I don't no. think he's going to be in the in the playoffs, in the qualifying round. But who knows? Could this be a perfect opportunity for him to do a voluntary workout, for him to do a training camp? Maybe. Yeah. Entirely possible. But uh, just I would put the caveat there, like you see, well, man, he had 100 points. He's ready for the NHL. No, again, those, those league disparities. The Ontario great. Hockey League is not the yeah. National Hockey League for, for an 18, 19-year-old kid. Now, but, now, we've heard even this summer – Assistant GM Jeff Kelty say, could he make the team next year? Yeah, I think sure. that's totally possible. But to expect him to be in the qualifying round and then later in the playoffs, I think that's maybe a bit too soon. All right, let's wrap this show up in our next segment when we answer your Twitter questions on the Preds Official Podcast, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Get you back, heart attack. Don't you think that it's fun? One more time, blow your mind. Predators official podcast on ESPN 102.5. The game for more about the show, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. Wrapping up with some news and notes and then a slew of Twitter questions. Haven't been able to say that in a while, but 
Everyone's got a question on their mind these days. <laughs> um, before we get to that, on June the 2nd, so that's Tuesday, the NHL 20 Stanley Cup playoff simulation will be back with the Stanley Cup final. Your Nashville Predators taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. A couple exciting additions to that. The games will continue to be across Pred social media, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. They're now also going to Fox Sports Tennessee on TV. Mm -hmm. um, Willie Donick, Chris Mason called Game 7 of the previous round, had a blast. They themselves enjoyed it. I just, being able to view it, had, had a good time as well. They'll, they'll be back, so they'll be calling all of those games, expanding the coverage with pre- and post-game reaction and all of that. One of our coworkers, Jacob Hartsfeld, gave me a behind-the-scenes look at William Mace. Yes, calling in, the game in the Upper Bowl Conference yes, room, where you and I exciting. traditionally meet. Yeah, yes. interesting to see it. Still, the building still stands apparently. <laughs> um, so they, yeah, they've been practicing and working on their reports and, and all that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Those will be on Tuesday and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Preceding the Preds Golden Classic series, which will now move to 8 p.m., there's four of those left. So the two games to wrap up the Duck series, and then the two games that the Predators won in the Stanley Cup final. And then the NHL 20 version will then go another week or so after that, depending on how many games it needs to go. So, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. I'd encourage you to check it out if you've waited all this time. Again, it only takes like 30 minutes, so you can watch for five and decide if you like it or not. But I personally think they're a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All right, Twitter questions. Here we go. Ryan wanted to know, how do you think the energy will be kept up in an empty arena for the broadcast? Will there be goal songs? Will there be ads covering empty seats, new camera angles, blah, 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 blah. Touched on some of that last week. Um, as far as the empty seats and the ads, and all that, yes, I would certainly think you'll be watching a broadcast like you haven't ever before. Because the NHL, Bettman said this as well, it's going to cost the league tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Tens of millions of dollars do just to do this. Testing, hub cities, playoff, all of that. So in no way are they going to come back and just be like, you know what, we'll just keep this the way it is. Now you're going to see newer access, better access, more ads. I mean, things that you've never seen before. I, I think for certain you'll see different camera angles, different yeah. ways to cover it, yeah. all of that. Um, and then from what we've heard, a lot of this is from Steve Mayer, who works from the NHL, for example, and does a lot of their outdoor events. So, for example, the Winter he's, Classic. He's the guru. He's like the best in this the This is his thing. He says that his team has worked on it, planning like an outdoor game, so getting more and additional things, and that his hope would be they want the players to feel right at home, right at home as well, if possible. So, yes, as the home team and the um, favored team, you'll get the last change for your home games, but they also ideally want to have your other home advantages if they can, whether that is a full goal song, you know, whatever it is exactly. But yes, I mean, they don't want these players to feel like they're on an island either. They also then want the fan at home, which is the primary reason this is all being done, mm -hmm. to feel like they're having a good experience as well. Part of me wonders, and I don't know if they would do this, but you know how sometimes like at the All-Star Game or the Olympics, when they're in a neutral building, and no matter which team scores, they hit the yeah, goal horn. or the All-Star game. Sure. Like, as a goal horn aficionado, <laughs> some of those rinks that they're considering have pretty great goal horns. Yeah. I wouldn't mind hearing yeah. it a few times. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind is, for example, Bridge Stone Arenas like this don't necessarily assume that the seats are going to be all the way up to the glass either. I mean, you could retract them. Like, mm, yeah. I mean, for example, the Islanders always have the car, like, parked next At to Barclays, the rink. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, any of that stuff is possible as well. I, I, Pig you, races? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dan Ham use, which wasn't used. Didn't Pork, make any sense. Was it Porcarina? Porcarina. And, and yet, Ro, Ro Ham legitimately. Roham Ro Ro Yeah. And then Dan Ham use didn't get used, didn't but get, don't oh, get me started there. Whatever. Uh, John <laughs> says, what do you think about a virtual smash car? There's got to be a way to let fans pay a couple bucks or donate a couple bucks, I suppose, and then hammer an image on the website. Well, John, for starters, we actually already did this in, in a way. Um, our, the Preds graphics department created a virtual, a, a smash car physical, I guess, in a way that you could print out and construct a little model mm -hmm. and then just hit away with your own hammer. But yeah, I, I could certainly see that expanding, um, even if, I guess, when the Predators are in a hub city far away from Nashville. Yeah, I think in by all means, the Predators will be striving to have whatever that is, watch parties or even smash cars. Again, they'll want their sure. fans to be involved as well. So. Yeah, but I just want to at least let you know that. I mean, you can be coloring on a little car tonight and printing it out and then smashing <laughs> it with a hammer. So I didn't want you to miss that, John. This is true. Ian, friend of the show, Ian, who you and I have had many a media meal with, said, which of the hub cities has the best food? He Ooh. asks the important questions. 
Uh, looking at the hub city, Chicago is one of the considerations. Love eating there. It's yep. yeah, it's hard to beat Chicago. Vegas is under consideration. Vegas, obviously, amazing food. Dallas Van- isn't bad either. Dallas isn't isn't bad either. Toronto, uh, Vancouver's pretty good. L.A. is pretty good. There's definitely some winners there. I don't Chicago though, like Chicago probably be my one. Chicago yeah. deep dish, yeah. But my favorite meal on the road is in Vancouver too, or at least like top three. Yeah, I don't know that you're going to Canadian city, my friend. No. It's okay. Eventually, I'll have truffle spaghetti and meatballs again. There you go. Vancouver. <laughs> Will says, Brooks and Thomas, can I be a friend of the show, too? Um, your application has been received. <laughs> and it's been approved. You're hey! now a friend of the show. Thank you, Will. Congratulations, Will. Ask. And uh, not to be confused with uh, Kevin Hayden. and Yes. They uh, will always have seniority on you. I apologize for that, but yes. they asked sooner. So sorry about that. Um, and then Phil... Thank you for doing this, Phil. Phil took us up on an offer maybe a month ago where we said, hey, every time you leave us a five-star review during this you know, lesser pause to the season, a little less hockey action, we're happy to to read it on here and give you a shout-out. Um, Phil left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, said he wanted to then shout-out his two-year-old daughter, Emma. So, hey, sorry we took us so long. I will slightly blame Apple because there's an approval process, so it's not immediate. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also not a fool. I won't criticize them too much because they host our podcast, and that's where almost all of you listen to it. Yeah. So from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So Phil, thanks for listening. Thanks Emma, for thanks listening. for listening. Yeah, uh, Kevin, Hayden, and Chad. I forgot Chad. So oh. sorry, the the trio. Mm-hmm. Sorry, forgot Chad. Chad, Tell- you're great. Again, the offer still stands. Leave us a five star review. Get your name heard on there. Give all me right. a shout out. Send us home. This was a fun one. Hey, thanks for staking with us for Thomas Willis. You can follow him at Tommy Willis on Twitter. I am Brooks Bratton. You can follow me at Brooks Bratton on Twitter and Instagram. You can always tweet us using hashtag Preds podcast and continue to follow at Preds NHL. So much content as we continue to work through all of this. Uh, I haven't said this in a few weeks, but thanks again to all of you who have stuck with us through all of this and continue to listen. Yes. We hope that we are providing some sense of normalcy for you. And we certainly love talking hockey. We know that or hope that you enjoy listening to us talk and and get involved in the shows as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate your continued listenership. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. More shenanigans to come for sure.